You are Locked On Pit, your daily podcast on the Pittsburgh Panthers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on, folks? Welcome back to the Locked On Pit Podcast, your daily podcast covering the Pittsburgh Panthers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Day. I am Nick Fairby, right for Pittsburgh Sports Now. Call games at WPTS Radio, and I'm a production assistant at ACC Network. And folks, we have a lot to talk about today. We are going to talk a little bit about Keaton Slovis and Frank Signetti. How Frank Signetti can help Keaton Slovis get back to where he was his freshman year at USC. We'll talk about Signetti's resume, Slovis' history, and Slovis' issues, and what needs to be fixed. To help that out. Also, Pitt's targeting a grad transfer tight end. What could they be looking for there as well? We'll talk about it all here on Locked on Pitt. Alright folks, welcome back to the Locked on Pitt podcast. As always, thank you for making the Locked on Pitt podcast your first listen every day. And folks... As always, I appreciate that. Leave some reviews. Leave some feedback. Always appreciate all of that, folks, that I get from you guys. Can't do it without it, so certainly need it and would encourage it. Now, folks, today I want to talk about Frank Signetti and Keaton Slovis. Because when, when he was hired, when Frank Signetti was hired, and, and we talked about it a little bit, I said, I think Frank Signetti, the quarterback coach, is just as important in this hire as Frank Signetti, the offensive coordinator. And I think to a degree, this is what Pat Narduzzi kind of goes for. When he tries to make these hires and he looks at, okay, this is who I want. This is who I'm going to get. Mark Whipple, for example, was a QB guru forever. And he clearly helped Kenny Pickett reap the benefits of that. Now, it doesn't mean that everyone is going to be reaping the benefits of everything, right? Because there are certainly... Issues within Keaton Slovis's game, for example, that, hey, he's going to have to put in just as much work himself outside of Frank Signetti to actually get things going. But I really want to talk about this because I, I think this is kind of a big part of the hire. And, and Frank Signetti has been a guy that throughout his years as a quarterback's coach, he's been a guy that has been able to really ramp up the ability of quarterbacks and you saw that pit at when he first came and Bill Stoll was the quarterback and so that was a team that clearly was a quarterback away they had Deion Lewis they had Doran Dickerson they had a ton of talent but Bill Stoll often held him back now if you look at another one of Frank Signe's teams 2011 Rutgers for example they had a quarterback situation that was a mess between Chaz Dodd and Gary Nova. No one really did anything of note, but they were at least competent and productive enough. And he actually got them to score 28 points a game without an 1,000-yard rusher, with only one 1,000-yard receiver, which was Mohamed Sanu. And really, you look at this team, it's Mohamed Sanu and Brandon Coleman. Those are the two big guys on the team. Outside of that, this wasn't a very talented offense. He's been able to do it before, where he's made 
quarterbacks that otherwise would be complete disasters, really actually solid quarterbacks. Or elevated really good quarterbacks to very, very great quarterbacks. And we can look at Phil Jerkovich as another example of that. Coming out of Notre Dame, the guy couldn't beat out Ian Book. And Ian Book is not a good quarterback. And, you know, Djokovic had everything on Ian Book. He had the, the physical tools. He had the big arm. He had the mobility. He was like a bowling ball out there, regardless of how he was as a quarterback, as a runner. The guy was dynamite. And he couldn't beat out Ian Book. And so you wonder why. And then it, it was a, it was a lot of, there was a lot of talk about his footwork and how his mechanics were a mess and how he had to get his base reestablished and how he had to work from the ground up with Frank Signetti. To completely get his kinetic chain refunctioning as a quarterback. And he had to rework his mechanics with Frank Signetti. And they did. And look what happened there. Frank Signetti allowed Phil Djokovic to blossom as a quarterback. And those guys really worked together well as a team. And, and they it, it was clear. And I, I said again. you know, Aaron Rodgers had the down year the year before Frank Signetti came to Green Bay. The year afterwards, Frank Signetti helped Aaron Rodgers out a little bit. And, and since then... Let's be real. This is a guy that never has missed a beat since. So there is a ton of reason to believe that Frank Signetti, the quarterback's coach, can do a lot of good things with Keaton Slovis. And so the track record of Frank Signetti, the quarterback's coach, is a guy I'm highly intrigued by. He's a guy I'm highly enthralled by. His history... As an offensive coordinator, it's spotty. His history as a quarterback's coach, it's pretty darn good. It's pretty darn good. He's had to do the QB by committee thing before. He has. Look at his team at Cal. Kevin Riley and Nate Longshore. Okay, guys were fine. But they ain't, they ain't anything special. And yet they put up 32.6 points per game because he knew how to highlight the team's signature weapons, which were Javid Best and Shane Vereen. It's really that simple sometimes, folks. It's really that simple sometimes, and he knows how to work around those strengths as well. And now you have to work with your quarterback in Keaton Slovis to try and get his game back to where it was. Because last year, there were concerns about Keaton Slovis's game, and rightfully so. The guy looked a little gun-shy in the pocket. He didn't feel right. And, and Keaton Slovis is a guy that is so just naturally uh, talented. You, you see, I think the arm is pretty good. The arm is something you're going to like. And he can make those tight window throws. And boy, he likes to make those tight window throws. That is something this guy absolutely just feeds off of. That's something that when you look at Keen Slovis, he loves Tight window throws are everything for Keaton Slovis. And he does a great job of, of mixing up his throws as well. He'll put some air under it. He'll throw a bullet when needed. You understand the different trajectories of how to throw the football. And that's what he does. But, and I mean this, but, 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 there are issues. And not everything is perfect for Slovis. And I think there's something when you look at, at kind of Slovis's chain movements and, and how he works through his, I guess, mechanics to maximize velocity. And sometimes there's a little bit too much trust 
throughout his arm. And in the 2019 season, you could see this dude just have different juice on his arm. And he's dealt with an elbow injury, a shoulder, and he might have lost a little bit of that. And his, it's not like his arm's dead. It's not a duck. It's not terrible. But he, I don't think he quite has the juice he once had. It's just now an above-average arm rather than a rocket arm, which is okay. But he understands how to mix up those trajectories, but he has to understand how to now maximize his velocity. And he has to engage his core through his hips and up through his legs. And sometimes you'll see him kind of just straight leg things. And, and what, when, you, when you are a quarterback, you want to be almost like a boxer in some ways. Have a slight bend to your knee, move on the balls of your feet, you know, be, be kind of flutter like that. So you can move up in the pocket, you can move around, but more importantly, when you see your guy, you can drive through your heels, put your foot in the ground, drive it up through your thighs, turn, get it up through your core, goes right to your arm. And that's how you kind of generate that force from your base all the way up through your arm. And then, of course, the motion is, is gorgeous. I mean, the, the motion, throwing motion, the release for Keaton Slowis is beautiful. Uh, the footwork is great. He's got great footwork. He's got a great true base, and that's why he can be pretty accurate. This dude's an accurate quarterback. But when he he's a guy that really likes to test those tight windows, that's taking him to the next level. That's the difference between 2019 Keaton Slovis and 2021 Keaton Slovis from a physical standpoint. There's other things that he has to work on, and we'll talk about that. And I think Signetti can work on that, but this is something that Frank Signetti can work on. And he's proven to be able to fix guys' mechanics. Again, Phil Jerkovic was a prime example. And I went back to watch a little Bill Stall tape, and you looked at what he did in, in his kind of mechanics, and his footwork was terrible. And what made him a somewhat competent quarterback the next year was the improvement in the footwork, was the improvement in the pocket presence, was the improvement in kind of understanding how to use his feet as a quarterback and understanding what to do there. Not having that narrow base that he had, having an even base, being very even keeled and generating power through his hips. That was big for Bill Stahl. And it made him a decent quarterback. A decent enough quarterback to where Pitt made noise. That Keaton Slovis doesn't necessarily need to do all, even all that. He just has to understand how to work through that core, work through that kinetic chain, get that power going. And if he can get that velocity maximized, because he has an arm that's good enough to make those tight window throws. He has the arm to make the Kenny Pickett throws. And Kenny Pickett is such a gorgeous mechanical quarterback. And that was something that he really improved upon when you talked about what made Kenny Pickett better from freshman year to senior year. It was obviously the, the improvements as a First of all, true gamesman, pre-snap-wise, and just understanding how teams would play him from a mental standpoint, but the mechanical side of it, too. Kenny Pickett became very, very almost baseball-ish in, in his mechanics, and different styles work for different guys. The wide base that Pickett had, kind of the long turn-up he had, but he always knew how to get his core involved. And that was something that maximized Kenny Pickett's velocity and made him make a few really impressive throws this, this year. And Keaton Slovis is a guy that loves to test those tight windows. It doesn't matter if they're over the middle of the field or the sideline where they are. Keaton Slovis is going to test them. And this is where Frank Signetti can take Keaton Slovis from solid to great. And this is where you can unlock Keaton Slovis in 2019. But we'll talk about other issues with Keaton Slovis. And I think Frank Signetti can work on as well but first folks let me let you know about built bar because it's the new year so that means new year's resolutions i know you're in the third week of these and if yours is about getting fit or eating healthier you gotta include built bar in your plan because built bar is the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar maybe even better than a candy bar and built bar makes it easy 
to stick to those resolutions because it tastes so good you want to eat it unlike all other protein bars it tastes chalky waxy and overall it feels like a chore you don't have to make it a chore though folks i'm telling you built bar is covered 100 real chocolate but listen you get all the health benefits of a protein bar low in calories low in sugar low in carbs high in protein compare that to a candy bar and you have none of those health downsides and all of the health benefits with built bar compared to a candy bar and you have the taste factor that those protein bars don't usually have and there's so many flavors to choose from coconut almond peanut butter brownie raspberry cookies and cream salted caramel mint brownie and many more and in fact built is always coming out with new limited time flavors so check out built.com to see what's new so here's all you have to do go to built.com use our promo code locked 15 and get 15 percent off your order of built bars use promo code locked 15 for 15 percent off at built.com Welcome back to the Locked On Pit Podcast. We're talking about kind of this marriage of Signetti and Slovis. And it, it's it's very interesting to me because there's obviously things Slovis does well. There's obviously things Slovis doesn't do well. And he's a different quarterback from Phil Djurkovic. If you are Frank Signetti and you're a guy that has to call plays for now Keaton Slovis. Because Slovis... He's not a statue, and, and, I, and I mean that. He's not a statue. He's a guy that can move around a little bit. He can do a little bit of things outside of structure, and he has done that. So it's not like this is a guy that doesn't do anything outside of structure. So when the play breaks down, he can make plays. But, and I do preface this, but, 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 I think that you don't see it enough, and when he does it, boy, does he play... A brand of football that'll make anyone scared. I mean, he makes the throws that Mahomes tries to make at times. That's the type of guy you see when you're out of structure with him. And so, this is a guy that, for me, is is, fa- is fun to watch when he's out of structure. But boy, you hold your breath a little bit. He's not as natural there off script as, as a guy like... Kenny Pickett, for example, you know, not that, again, I don't think he's bad there, I think he's actually, he's solid, he keeps his, his eyes downfield, he makes good reads at times, but man, some of those balls that he throws are wild balls, and when he should just eat the play sometimes, but when you look at him overall, in, in, in my opinion, the big issue I kind of fall into when we look at a guy like Keen Slovis is, okay, what's the issue? Outside of just, you know, okay, maybe his arm's a little bit less live than it used to be, and and he's not putting his whole body into it a little bit. What's the other issue? And, And I think that the other issue that I look at is the guy's mental game. And here's the thing with Keaton Slovis. You give him a star player, and you tell him, throw to that guy, he got you. He has you all the time. The guy's accurate. He's not going to overthrow guys. He's going to give them a chance regardless. If he has one-on-one ball, he'll give your receivers a chance. He'll hit them at all levels of the football field. He's good in the quick game. He's good in the deep passing game. He's good in the intermediate passing game. He's got great accuracy. So that's not an issue with Keenan Slovis. And, hey, listen, it's tough to teach accuracy. So it's good to have that. But Slovis, man, some of his issues extremely arise 
from his lack of ability to go off one read and then do another. And this is an issue. He'll laser eye himself onto guys. If he sees one guy and he makes up his mind, he's going to go there. It doesn't really matter. Or he'll he'll lose that guy, realize they're not open, and get, take a really bad sack. Something like that. You'll see that a ton from Keenan Slovis. And that's his chief issue right now, I think. You know, that that's something you're going to have to work through with him and through Frank Scnetti. It's got to be the mental game. You're going to have to teach him how to go through those progressions. It can be taught. But you're going to have to go through the mental process and, and say, here... This is what we have to do. This is the difference between, you know, we're not telling you necessarily you have to get it to this guy. Instead, we're telling you, go through this read. Move to the next read. There's a different type of processing for every type of, of different coverage as well. And that's another thing that if you are Keaton Slovis, you're going to have a little bit of different time with. Is the pre-snap to post-snap movement. That's been another thing that when you look at him overall has been an issue. When he can read pre-snap and key in on someone, he's got it. When teams change the picture post-snap and the picture changes a little bit, it can get a little fuzzy for him. And so, Keen Slovis is a guy that just has to improve his mental processing from that, from, from that, that the neck up is where Keen Slovis is going to have to improve. And so, it's not like he doesn't do it at times. He shows flashes of making the right play, but he can get laser-eyed, and he can focus a little bit too much on guys, and that's the issue. He's got some of the mental game that, that's tough to teach, and, and that's, you know, anticipation. That is understanding that there's going to be a window there, and, and, and you know, he's, he's, he can see that opening up before it's even there. That's a that's a really hard trait to teach. But right now, when you look at his game, it feels like he locks on to guys and he teaches the game in terms of here's what I'm seeing to what I need to do. He does it too slowly. And that's when he can get quicksand in the pocket. So that's going to have to be the biggest thing. And I mean it, the biggest thing to fix. Can he go through his progressions? Can he move from read number one to read number two? Frank Signetti has done has done a nice job of teaching quarterbacks how to do this because this was another issue with Kovic. He's done it before, and you can teach this. You can teach guys to change their mental processing. You can teach guys to move from one read to another. It's not it's not easy. Nothing is easy to teach at the quarterback position. It's a very complicated, deep delicate, and nuanced position that is not easy to teach. So let's get that out of the way first. It's not going to be easy to teach him to go through his progressions at a faster pace, but you can do it. So how can you do it? Give him the entire book on every coverage on your offense. You can simplify it too. You can you can easily make the, the read. You can use triangle reads. You can use different reads. You can simplify the book in terms of this is your read here. This is your read here. If it's not there, this is what you do. And, and you can make it a one-two hit. And in that case, that can be something that helps him out. You know, there's a lot of, of, of offensive coordinators that stick to their scheme regardless of their process, of their quarterback's processing ability. 
Frank Sagnang is not that guy. He will cater to Keaton Slovis' strength. So if he doesn't feel like Keaton Slovis can move from one progression to the other quick enough, he'll make it a two-progression read, or he'll put the progressions right in front of each other where it's a triangle read, and, and they're all within a few yards of each other. And and you have a, a, a an essentially an offense that caters to Keaton Slovis, and they're going to need to do that. And Slovis is a guy that can obviously be a really good quarterback. But let's understand, that's always been an issue for him. So if we're going to see Keaton Slovis, so there's a difference. The mechanical thing, that's how you get Keaton Slovis back to 2019. How do you get Keaton Slovis to be better than ever before? You fix the mental processing issues. You get the, him to go through his progressions. You get him to read the pre-snap to post-snap picture. It's unrealistic to think everything's going to be fixed with Keaton Slovis in terms of that. It's not unrealistic to think that some of it can be improved upon. That he doesn't have to be as bad as he was in 2021 where it felt like he was seeing ghosts and it felt like he wasn't seeing the field at all. And it felt like if teams covered Drake London, there was nothing there. You can improve upon that. And that's something that Keen Slovis is going to have to work on. And Frank Sinead, who has a proven QB guru background, can do. And, and I think that that's how you elevate Keaton Slovis in 2022 to make him a much better quarterback than he was in 2021. All right, folks, let's talk about... Steven Stilanos a little bit, grad transfer potentially from Lafayette coming to Pitt. We'll talk about that, but first, let me let you know about NetSuite. This is it, the putt to win the tournament. If you sink it, the championship is yours, but on your backswing, your hat falls over your eyes. Is this how you're running your business? Poor visibility because you're still relying on spreadsheets and outdated finance software. To see the full picture, you need to upgrade to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system to power your growth. With visibility and control of your financials, inventory, HR, planning, budgeting, and more, NetSuite is everything you need to grow, all in one place. With NetSuite, you can automate your processes and close your books in no time while staying well ahead of the competition. 93% of survey businesses increase their visibility and control after upgrading to NetSuite. Over 28,000 businesses already use NetSuite for the new year. NetSuite has a new financing program for those ready to upgrade at netsuite.com slash locked. Head to netsuite.com slash locked for the special one-of-a-kind financing offer on the number one financial system for growing businesses. netsuite.com slash locked. Alright folks, welcome back to the Lacked on Pit Podcast. We're talking here a little bit about Pit football, and they are targeting a grad transfer tight end, Steven Stellanos from Lafayette at the FCS level. Has a few other Power 5 offers in Rutgers, Syracuse, and Virginia. A guy that, you know, put up productive seasons down there at Lafayette. And so you kind of ask... What are they trying to do here? You know, what what what's the, the purpose here? And, and what do they see? Well, first of all, obviously the tight end depth is a huge question mark. I think it's one of the bigger question marks on roster. Especially on offense, it might be the biggest question mark. You know, you, you have the obvious talent of Gavin Bartholomew, but outside of that, who else is there really? Kai Wright's always been injured, and when he's played, he hasn't been a guy that you know, we would be saying, oh my goodness, yes, the talent. I don't know. It's not something that you would absolutely <laughs> jump out of you. Kmar Mimes is, is another guy that you just don't know about. And then you don't know about Cole Mitchell and Jake Renda either. So 
there's question marks all up and down this roster. And I mean that. A lot of a lot of questions in this roster at tight end. And you just don't know exactly what they're going to be. So Steven Stolanos comes in, and, and again, the, the competition level, it's a question mark. But he's a guy that at the very least, you know, you kind of know what you're getting from him. And he's not, it, it, on his tape, he's very show and tell. You're, you know what you're going to get in this guy. You know, he's a solid blocker. He's got really nice hands in terms of both catching the football and blocking. Um, great hand placement. Got guy's very polished as a blocker, as an inline blocker, as an H-back. He's just very, very polished in terms of working that role. He can move the ends. He can get on space and stock block. This is a guy that does a lot of nice work as a blocker, and he'll get dirty. And that's kind of what his main thing is, actually. And, and he loves and thrives on that. And that's something that I think you can really appreciate in Steven Stellanos. And they might need that a little bit because Bartholomew's a really good blocker, too. But there's nothing in terms of this guy that says downside in the run game. And if you're able to run some 12 personnel, that's nice. That's where Frank Signetti kind of earned his stripes as a 12 personnel merchant. And 12 personnel gives you so many different matchup issues. And, and I know everyone's going to be a little bit apprehensive and say, why would you want to run 12 personnel with Pitt's offense, it makes sense. I understand you might even want to run 10 personnel more than 12, but you certainly would run, want to run more 11. Well, 12 personnel going heavy like that, it gives you so many different matchup choices against teams. It really is good. Because so many defenses work because of their certain personnel groupings. And because you can work as a different type of and in different type of personnel groupings, both as, say, you can work in a 3-3-5. You can work on a 4-2-5. You have smaller linebackers because you want to be a coverage team more. But if you can play in 12, you can mix and match throughout kind of different areas of the field. And, and you can attack teams because of that. You can attack different weaknesses. The more versatile you are offensively, Offensively, in terms of your personnel usage, the better. Because you can attack different strategies and different types of teams you're going to face. And you won't have to be as matchup dependent. And, and this could help out the run game a lot. And, and being in 12 personnel, you create that extra gap. And especially in the outside zone game, that's a big thing for Pitt. That'll be a big thing for them coming up. So they're going to want to do that. And if, if teams want to match the size... You can also use a guy like Bartholomew and Stellanus. And Stellanus isn't a superb athlete. I think he's a fine athlete. He lumbers a little bit. He's not super fluid, but he's got great hands. He's a guy that certainly goes up and high points the football. He'll make the tough catch over the middle field. He's tough. Um, he's a very good red zone threat. Um, so this is a guy that can be a little bit of a mismatch, especially for linebackers. And so I think he's a guy that could at least add some competent things. And he doesn't need to be special. But if he can step in there, be that solid tight end two behind Gavin Bartholomew, it's really all you need. And I think going 12 personnel a little bit at a time, being able to have that mode in your back pocket, it's something that Pitt likes. They had it this year, and they like to use Kroll and Bartholomew at times together. 
And so having that this year, it can only do good things. <laughs> being able to run 11, 10, 12, I don't even care, 21, 22. Being able to run different personnel groupings, it helps out a lot. And it helps you game plan. And when you're in the... And when you're in the war room and game planning during the week, you want to be able to say, hey, we can do this and this and this. We can do so many different things, and they have to game plan for so many different ways to attack us that we have the upper hand just going into the matchup as a result. And I think that's what, in addition, like Stellantis would do. It would bring stability to that tight end room, and it would bring more certainty to that tight end room, which is, I think, what Pitt is looking for here. All right, folks, that's all for today. We'll talk tomorrow about Pitt's game over Virginia, whether it's win or lose. We will obviously see if they end up pulling that game out, but we will talk about it tomorrow here on Locked on Pit. As always, folks, thanks for listening, and as always, hail to Pit.